This is The Courier Talking Football. I'm Ian Roach, and with me for today is Courier columnist Jim Spence. Hi Jim, how are you doing? Hi Ian, very well thanks, thank you. I think we're flying solo today, it's just me asking the questions and you giving the answers Jim. <laughs> you happy with that? That'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> fire away Ian, fire away. <laughs> okay, well I mean there is plenty to talk about. Um, okay, we'll start with Dundee United. I mean, should they be feeling sorry for themselves after being dragged into this Rangers testing saga? I mean, as many as as, as uh, nine Ibrox players are involved in this friendly at Murray Park on Wednesday didn't have proper COVID-19 clearance. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, will United be feeling angry or frustrated or a bit of both about this, Jim? Well, I mean, if this proves to be true, they would they would be entitled to be absolutely raging. Let's be honest. They would be, uh, in fact, you know, I've written my column. I've got a feeling I might have to rewrite it uh, depending <laughs> on how this, 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 this story develops during the course of the day. But I mean, no, they'll be entitled to be absolutely raging. United have been pulled in now to two... Um, elements of football not of their own making this one yeah. and of course the situation with Hearts and Partick Thistle where you know the, the leagues are called they think they're coming up naturally and all of a sudden you know, they end up going to court in an arbitration process to you know to protect themselves so in two cases now United appear to have been the innocent party and of course the situation here is extremely worrying. Um, you know uh, that uh, we, we don't know what effect this might have on the United squad, if any. We don't know what effect it might have on the start of the season. There's a whole load of ramifications uh, in here as this story breaks. You know, we know that um, it's now gone at this stage um, to the, the, the joint committee. It almost sounds like kind of Washington talk these days, doesn't <laughs> it? Does, it? Yeah. We start to talk about kind of joint committees and all the rest of it. But this whole thing coming from, I think it was Kevin Thompson's second string, wasn't it? The, it the was, other day, yeah. Which United had actually 1-4-1, which was a, a fine victory. But now when you get this situation that, you know, uh, the GRG, the Joint Response Group, um, are having to look at allegations or suggestions that as many as nine of the players who feature for the, the Rangers' second string um, hadn't, hadn't been tested. I mean, it, it's it's just, it defies it defies belief, it defies description, and if there is something in it, depending on what effect it might have on United, United would be entitled to be absolutely incandescent, Ian. Yeah, I agree, absolutely, Jim. Um, I mean, you think about the, the start of the season they're having, I mean, it, it, it's hard enough um, dealing with a change of manager as, as it was. Mm-hmm. But now, the, as you say, they've got the hearts thing that's been dragging on for weeks and weeks. And now this, uh, I mean, it is incredible. And uh, I believe that, um, you know, United will be formulating a response to this. But it's only it's only a, oh, just over a week to the start of the season. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't make this up, could you really? No, I mean it's you know I mean I'd actually as I say you know, I might have to revisit my column. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but um, I mean I'd written I'd written a piece, written various pieces for tomorrow. But one one of the pieces was centered on the fact that you know after a long time when at, at Tannadice there was all sorts of ructions under the previous ownership. You know, and the time that that Mark Ogren has been in and uh, as the owner and and Tony Asgar now as the sporting director, things have been going along pretty much swimmingly. You know, apart from the, the Nielsen jumping ship and all the rest, of it. they've never got a new manager and things are going well. We saw the, the huge amount of money raised by a couple of the fans last yeah, week on the absolutely. walk to help with legal bills. There's a real kind of sense of togetherness at Tannadice. You know, there's a there's a real sense of togetherness. You know, Big Tony Asgard, the sport director, I think is having to double up at the moment as, you know, to replace the managing director, uh, Mal Brannigan, who went, 
So he's doing two jobs. He's got a million things probably on his plate at the moment. Maybe just seeing his way clear as he gets his new manager in and, and, and uh, you know, a new assistant who we'll probably talk about, no doubt, as well. And all of a sudden, they get hit with this. So United, you know, United is absolute innocence abroad here are getting hit with things, you know, the, the, the arbitration process and, and now the possibility of this COVID-19 non-testing, which is absolutely nothing to do with them, which they've got no control over. They must be absolutely wondering, uh, you know, what comes at the ballpark next. And also from left field has come news that St Mirren, um, you know, a batch of their backroom staff mm. uh, have tested positive. I mean, we've got we've gotten to this stage, and, and you're only a few days before the start of the season. I mean, and the timing is the timing's terrible, and of course that has an impact on St Johnston, who were due to be playing St Mirren, I believe. You know, it just throws it all up in the air ahead of a game between the Tangerines and Saints that's next meant to take place a week tomorrow. Well, that's it. I mean, you've got, I think the, uh, um, you know, the pace like I've got, I think it's seven positive coronavirus tests. Um, so, I mean, you know, sympathy for Jim, Jim Goodwin, who's a guy I've got a lot of time for, dealt with Jim many a time over the years. He's a good lad, but he he, he must be demented uh, with this. But same same kind of thing. They were due to face uh, St. Johnson uh, in a bounce game, of yeah. course. Um, now they haven't to go into lockdown uh, well, further safety measures are put in place. And, I mean, you, you now kind of start to wonder what, what's, you know, here's a couple of clubs potentially being caught up with this. Well, one one certainly has. We're waiting to see what the story is with the Rangers, uh, the Rangers one, whether there's a bigger, a wider issue there or not. And all of a sudden you start to fear for the, you know, just, you know, for, for the start of the season, what is the possibility? I mean, you know, we, we're all babes in the woods with the scene, but none of us, even the healthy experts have been, you know, contradicting each other through this whole pandemic crisis. Um, and, and you know, we, we, we are as laymen taking advice and, and, and hoping that we're getting the best scientific advice and political advice and all the rest of it. And we've been kind of, you know, as football men and women, we've been desperate to see, see our football started. It's been started elsewhere. We've been desperate to get it going. It's now kind of underway in terms of bounce games and all the rest of it. The league season or the top league season is only kind of, you know, a matter of well, a week, days away. And all of a sudden, is there a danger to it? You know, it, yeah. it's it's horrible news. Yeah, it is. I mean, I was uh, fortunate enough to go up to North End Park in Dundee today. Uh, sorry, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was invited by United up to, up to speak to a couple of players up there. And while we were there, you know, we were talking to uh, officials from the North End as well. And talking you through all the steps that United have been taking, the players have been taking during this pre-season training up there, and how how careful it's been. Even the photographs that were taken, they were, you know, spaced out the two metres there. So it it seems incredible. Um, While it was great to get out of the house, you know, you're seeing at at close close quarters just how complicated this whole scenario is, Jim. And then one lapse... One lapse, if it is a lapse by Rangers, and it looks, you know, there's, there's questions over St Martin, it, it just throws everything uh, right out the window, and mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of hard work is undone, isn't it? Look, that's the problem, Ian. You know, nobody's suggesting for a minute when it comes to Rangers, not trying to put the boot in. We know how difficult no, no. all of this is. They're, they're a bigger club, of course, so they've got greater resources and all the rest of it than smaller clubs like United. Uh, but everyone is having to live by the same rules. So, if, you know, if you've got to live by the rules, then you've got to do your very, very best to make sure that you, you, you carry them out. Now, we know, we know it's difficult. You know, that's, it's, you know, I mean, United have got every right to be incandescent and angry and all the rest of it. Um, 
if it turns out that there isn't an issue at Rangers, I'm sure that you know that they'll be angry. At, at however, this has slipped through through the net. But the, you know, the, the end result is is the same. That a very very difficult set of circumstances that everybody is suddenly getting used to has potential ramifications for for you know uh, the season getting started again. And 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 if there is any kind of and we don't know at the moment, you know, mm-hmm. the ball's in the air. But if there is any kind of halt or um, you know the fact that the season cannot go ahead, then. You know, where, where does that leave us? It's it's a it's a terrible situation. I'll tell you what I will say, Ian. I know that you were up at the Dokens during the week. I'm del- I, I, just on a side note. I'm delighted to see that uh, United working in that wee partnership with North yeah. End. I mean, North End. You know, I'm I'm giving you a few years. I was of the generation at the end of every season. Literally hundreds and hundreds of Dundee guys came together for the North End Fives, which was a whole day affair. Oh, it was yeah. a fantastic mm-hmm. affair. And uh, North End was always, the pitch was always fabulous. Yes. It was a, so it's great to see United working hand in hand with with uh, one of the local junior clubs. In fact, but, you know, previous, I know they've done games at Brotty and all the rest of it, but North End just up the road. I mean, at one time they actually played. Um, you know, United trained there occasionally and played games there, um, bounce games and all the rest of it for reserves away back in the past. Yeah. So I thought that was a lovely wee trip down memory lane this week and fair play to the Dokens guys for, for helping United out uh, on that. That's a great thing. Yeah, know? it was. And uh, I managed to get a, a chat with uh, their their gaffer, Tony McCauley, who mm-hmm. is hoping for, and I think he, I think he's expecting, uh, the, I think United have given him the thumbs up with us and the nod, that there'll be in maybe an exchange of younger players, etc. between the, the two. So just a, just a closer relationship between these two teams. And that's the way to go, isn't it? But... Um, Speaking to the, the, the irony, one of the ironies that came out, I uh, spoke to Liam Smith and uh, Jamie Robson, and one of the ironies that came out of the chat was they were saying it's great that we're playing these premier premiership teams because it gives us an idea what's expected of us. Mm-hmm. So they've had Livingston, Motherwell, and then it was Rangers as well. And Kilmarnock, uh, so, you know, the next one's scheduled as Kilmarnock. So they were they were kind of they were kind of singing the praises of uh, the schedule in there and the, uh, it'll be mm. Premiership teams and then we will have this uh, sorry these the, these sorry developments coming through Jim. Well, I mean, you know, at the moment, as you say, we don't know whether it's a hiatus, you know, yeah. or, 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 or you know, just a simple stop for you know a couple of days, whatever. While things are cleared up, or or, or whether it's going to bring things to a, a crashing halt, because we know it's complex. We know there's you know there are loads and loads of things to to uh, be done. I mean, I know that, you know, one of the closed doors games, uh, um, that how difficult it was for certain people trying to organise things and all the rest of it. So, <clears throat> but in terms of that, you know, in terms of the pure playing thing, it's been great for the players because you need to test yourself against the top opposition. That, that's the bottom line. And United are going into the Premiership after, a, uh, well, after what, four seasons now mm-hmm. in the Championship. And you know, Ian, you've covered the game a long, long time. There is a difference. There, there's no point in carrying yes. on about this. There is a difference. There's, there's a fraction of a difference between, you know, the top size in the Championship and the bottom uh, s- s- uh, squads in the Premiership. Uh, and it gets higher and higher as you go up. And it's that fraction of a difference in terms of Quickness of touch, quickness of thought, quickness of movement, how quickly you play the ball, how quickly someone has shot you down, all of these things. And, and you know, I, I, I'm a great believer. I'm always thinking about that great line when Dave Brailsford absolutely transformed British cycling, mm-hmm. uh, track cycling in particular, to be the best in the world. And, and Brailsford's mantra was the aggregation of marginal gains. Yeah. If there are 10 or 20 core core elements to the sport, if you improve each of them by a decimal point, 
then all of a sudden you've got that gap, that key gap. And that's the thing with football as well. You know, we've all played at, you know, at our level, at juvenile, junior level, amateur level, whatever. We've all played with guys that are better players, that are quicker players. You've got to find ways to to combat them, to shut them down. You maybe can't match them for natural ability, but there's other things you can do. But what you have to do is you have to play against them. You have to play against them to find out yeah. what your core strengths are, what their core strengths are, and how you can match up and how you can, uh, you know, close the gap to to a, a suitable kind of, um, you know, a suitable stance which will give you a real chance of winning games. So it's been good that United have had these games. It'll be a bit of a blow if they suddenly come to a halt because of this. Yeah, I mean that that's right about the you know the step up in standard. I mean that that, that struck me particularly. Um, in the game against the games against Hibs, you know United did very well. It was a particularly, a, you know, a good performance. Great goal from Lauren Shankland in the replay at Easter Road, but they still went out and Hibs mm. kind of ran away from them towards the end there. So, so you know they've got to bring themselves up. But um, you know, I think I think United United's players are confident going 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 ahead, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll also see what happens with uh, with this uh, testing. Uh, Chaos that soon we'll watch. We'll watch with interest. Um, moving on, Jim. Stevie Frail as assistant manager at United. What do you think of that one? You, you'll know him well. Yeah. Oh goodness. I mean, I, I go way back with, with, with Shaggy, as they call him. You know. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, gave Dundee very good service. Been about the game um, a, a long time, and I think. Well, you know. I mean, I think he played. Did he not? Didn't Tranmere with uh, or he'll know Mickey Mellon from his. Uh, yeah, his he did. Time yeah, down yeah. There. There's, a, there's a connection. Um, there. Yeah. I mean, Stevie has. Uh, Stevie's got great contacts in, uh, in in the Scottish game. I mean, he's a guy that kind of, you know, I mean, in terms of playing career, Dundee Hearts, Tranmere, um, spell, we spell St. Johnson, as I recall, Morton, you know. And, and of course, in terms of coaching, he, he was at Hearts, he was at Celtic, and he's currently at, at Northern Ireland, I think, under nine, under 19s, I think. It. Yeah. Uh, so you talk about a guy who's got, you know, lots of, loads of experience, uh, great contacts book, um, and and he's, he's a real enthusiast. That's that's one of the things that, um, uh, as I recall, as I recall, I'm, I'm pretty sure that him and Stevie Campbell, who lives just a longer road from me, actually, United coach. I'm pretty sure they were they were great buddies, you know. But uh, that that looks to me like a really decent appointment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, energetic, enthusiastic, good contacts book. Um, I, I think that that looks that looks a good a, a good appointment to me. Yeah, I would agree. And he's of course he's crossing the road, but I mean, there's been so much uh, water under the bridge uh, from his his Dundee days, and it does it's not factor anyway. Isn't it? I mean, he's he's had a distinguished coaching career as you've just laid out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that that that's. I mean, the other thing, I mean, Stevie. I mean, I know, I know he'd. Um, I mean, I think he'd about hundred appearances for Dundee, if I'm not mistaken, maybe slightly mm-hmm. more. Uh, but Stevie's a Glasgow boy, you know. Uh, yeah. Going way back, I mean, uh, he's uh, he will obviously he's well aware of the, the rivalry in Dundee and all the rest. Of it, but this is professional football we're talking about, you know. I mean, this nonsense about he played, a, you know, over the. I mean, it's maybe you know this would be different if it was um, a Dave Neri who played 700 odd games for United or something like going across the road but you know this is a different kind of kettle of fish we're not talking about a guy that was kind of brought up steeped in the local kind of element of the city and all the rest he's played for Dundee but he's been away you know all, all around the houses um, for 20 odd years now between Hearts dinner, you know down in a, a Birkenhead at Tranmere and all the rest of it you know so 
I don't think there'll be, uh, um, you know, if, if United fans, if any United fans were getting their knickers in a twist about that one, they would, they, frankly, they need their head looked. No, I, I don't think I don't think any of them are, um, and it's a great it's a great gig for him as well. Uh, he'll 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 work well with uh, Mickey Mellon, I would imagine, and uh, on Mickey Mellon the. The players are obviously. I mean, you do you do talk nicely, your new boss, but um, they they're all singing his praises, saying he's very positive, very upbeat. Um, everything's everything's geared towards uh, the St. Johnson game, obviously. But uh, the word coming out of Tannadice is, is is that this is this is looks like a good appointment, and also that the transition hasn't been as disruptive as you could, mm-hmm. as you would maybe expect. You know, I think they were all shocked with uh, the departure of Robbie Nielsen, but they seem to be taking it in their stride as players do. I, I think football players, in, in particular, you know, it, it's it, it's a selfish sport. And I mean that in the, the nicest possible way. As a football player, you're in a team game, but you have to ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to look after yourself, your own physical fitness, your own mental well-being, your own um, desire, your own drive and all the rest of it. Now, that's all got to fit into a team pattern. Uh, but... You know, ultimately, the thing that will that will uh, impinge on the mentality of all professional football players when a new manager comes in is a impressing him and b, um, you know, is he going to fancy me? Is he going to rate me? You know, so everybody will be trying very, very hard. There'll be signs of positivity at the moment. But I think the thing that that come now. I mean, I, I don't know Mickey Mellon. I mean, I'm like everybody else. We were mm-hmm. always taken with the name. We always knew of him and about him. We knew we knew people who knew him. But he was a kind of he was one of these Ian Britton type figures from Dundee. He'd gone away yeah. down south as a boy, you know, just like Ian went to Chelsea when he was 16. Eventually, ended up back at Tannadice. Bizarrely, the year that they won the league. Um, but Mickey Mellon's that type of figure. He's been away down down south for all of his career. Um, so. Although we know of him, we don't know him personally. But I think he comes with a reputation of kind of just what we talked about with Stevie Freel, energy, drive, commitment. You know that notion of kind of uh, you know lifting the best out of players and all the rest of it. Now, I, I don't want for a minute, Ian. I know in a modern game, which where we you know talk about analytics and you know a, a Generation Z thing, where we talk about uh, the importance of analytics and 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 you know and everything else. I mean. Sometimes you have to go back to core essentials, core skills in the game. And the core skills in the game ultimately are coaching, but they're also man management. How mm-hmm. do you get the best? How do you make players feel good about themselves? How do you make players feel when they go in that park that they are actually you know, better than the opposition? They can beat the opposition, that the opposition are going to be worried about them. It's one of the great things. I always thought it was one of the great differences between Sir Alex Ferguson and Jim McLean. Yeah. I often thought United actually man for man had better sides, but Fergie had a way of lifting players to the heavens. Jim, I think, often too too often too concentrated negative. on the strength of yeah. the opposition. Yeah, too too negative, you know. Uh, now I think you know, you've obviously got to pay attention to the opposition and all the rest of it. But I think if you've got a manager who exudes positivity and energy and drive and commitment, I think that feeds through to the players, it feeds through to the supporters, and it, and you end up with the kind of the perfect circle. You know, it's it, mm-hmm. it's uh, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think by the looks of it here, you've got a couple of people, you know, Mickey Mellon and Stevie Freel, who both have that kind of drive, that energy. I think that all football clubs need. So at the moment, things are looking pretty positive, I think. Yeah, I mean, one thing that hasn't happened at uh, United is, uh, you know, a recruitment drive, uh, Jim. But you imagine with Mellon's contacts down down south, 
that he'll have one or two up his sleeve, don't you? I mean, and it's also not a rush just now. I mean, there's a few, there's a bit of time there now, isn't there, to to get new faces in? Yeah, um, there's a, there's a couple of things. I mean, you know, the, 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 there's time obviously between you know the the, the window closing um, and, and looking around to see what you want. You also want to give the players you've got a chance. You know, that, that that's the first thing you want to come in. You want to assess the squad, um, and there's all sorts of things built in here. I mean. Mark Ogren, the one thing nobody can have a pop at Mark Ogren about is, is he's invested very, very heavily in Dundee United. And it may well be, we don't know, it may well be that his core business is like a great many others at the minute are being affected. So he's maybe having to draw back, uh, you know, a mm-hmm. wee bit and just kind of car carry on the kind of money he's putting in. Um, United have got a good squad. I think they probably needed, I mean, you hear all sorts of tales about Robbie Nielsen felt he needed three, four, five players. He was maybe only going to get one. We don't know if any of that is true. And that that, no. all, that can all change anyhow, you know. Um, so I think Mickey Mellon will have come and he'll looked at the score, he'll assess that he'll know what he he'll know what he fancies, he'll know what he needs, and he will have the contacts book for South of the Board. There's a lot of good, you know, there's a lot of good talent um kicking about the two bottom leagues. Um, yeah. what, what, you know, what somebody at my vintage would have called uh, you know, uh, divisions three and four, but <clears throat> now obviously leagues one and two. A lot of good talent about there that will be within United's price range, you know. Yeah. Um, particularly the bottom league, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking on it positively. I think I think there's an ace up the sleeve that United have now got. They've got someone with a vast knowledge of the, the English lower leagues, and as we know, English players from from that that level can come up here and be absolute stars in the in the Premiership. So we'll see how that develops. Um, as as we've said, I mean, uh, we've got St Johnson coming to Tannadice hopefully um, for the curtain the the opening match. Mm-hmm. And uh, they—they've—I oh, mean, they've been caught up in this test and thing with St. Martin, but they made it. They made a great result in, in, in midweek there, Jim. A two-one win up at Pitodre. I mean, you'll have noticed that one. I mean, two goals from Scott Tanzer. What? What? A, that's, that's a, I mean, I know it's a friendly, but that's that's encouraging, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I—I've I, got really high hopes for 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 Saints um, this season, Ian. You know, I mean, I think it's real stability there, isn't there? Real yeah, stability. To, Tommy went at the right time. Out. I think I think he'd, he'd he'd done seven fantastic years. I think he was. I think he was kind of tired. I think the energy had kind of gone from a wee bit. I think he was needing a new. He was needing a break. And then the next challenge, and we, we'll all be interested to see what, what that takes up. But I think what they've done now is just as, as the age profile of the squad was reduced under Tommy, now the age of the management squad has yeah, been reduced. Yeah, you know, you've got point, Callum in there. And again, you've got a younger guy who knows the club well. He's got fabulous contact in the game, knows a player. He was a great player himself, you know. Um and I think he's inherited a really, really good squad. I mean, Tommy Wright has left him. You know, normally when you pick up a manager's gig, you're picking up so you're picking up the pieces from somebody else. Uh, Callum, I suspect, will be thinking, wow, I've landed on my feet here. Yeah. You know, um, all he has to do is to continue to enthuse and, 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 and you know, make training fun and all the rest of it um, uh, to, to get the best out of that squad, I think. And, and you know, the, the Tanzer goals, uh, the the Alafi one is interesting as well. You he know, certainly Alafi. <clears throat> You just kind of look around at that that Saints squad and you think that to me it looks like a squad with kind of plenty zip about it, plenty go about it, um, energy to burn, uh, and I think this could be a really really good season for St Johnston. That said, that's probably the kiss of death of them, Ian. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I agree. Um, I mean, you look at the competition up front for Olafe. I mean, you've got Calm Henry, Stevie May, and Chris Kane. I mean. That, 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 that's really good. And I, I'll read you the, the team that they had up against uh, Aberdeen. I mean, Paris, you've got Rooney, yeah. Gordon, McCart, your new guy, Mark Namara, you've got Tanzer, 
Craig Watherspoon, there was a trialist, maybe Olafi coming on for him at half time and Henry. So I mean they they look ready to me. They really do look ready to go and that'll be a right test for uh, for United uh, one of the I think maybe out with Rangers Celtic Aberdeen. Probably the one of the toughest tests, I think, for start starting I, off. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I think I've, I've looked at that Saints squad and I've looked at what's happened there. Um, that, that, that to me, that's a top six squad. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I mean, uh, they, they look to me to have all the component, all the constituent parts um, to, to, to do that. I mean, if you look at you know Celtic and Rangers, or they, you know, once again, they will probably be well, Celtic will win the league again. I, I, I've little doubt about that. It'll be Celtic Rangers toss up then between Aberdeen and and, and maybe a Hibs, depending, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course Motherwell, Kelly, you know, the, the, these are the kind of clubs that you'd be looking for. That I think St Johnson are absolutely right in there yeah, okay. in the mix. You'd love to think, you know, uh, you'd love to think United would be kind of heading for that, you know. But I mean, I, I think probably this season, depending on you know how much money uh, Mickey Mel has to play with, how much what, what he can bring up, um, how things develop. You would probably think that you know just outside the top six is, is probably what's going to happen for United. It'd be fantastic yeah. to think otherwise. But I mean, St Johnson to me, look, uh, not I'm not saying a stick on, but they look to me a really, really good bet this season for a top yep. six place contenders. And as you say, they've got a, a, a young, enthusiastic manager who I think would have been the, the the pick of Tommy Wright if he had if he had to point a finger at someone who he wanted to succeed him. It would have been him. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm going back to Tanto. Love it. Uh, mm-hmm. I love these quote. We always, as, as, as reporters, you always ask a player, well, could you describe the type of player you are? What's the fans going to expect from you? He says, I'm direct, positive, aggressive, and play with a bit of pace and power. Now that's that's uh, that's setting him up there nicely. There, eh? the fans will be the fans will be really <laughs> looking forward to seeing him in action. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think you know, I, I like a player that doesn't hide his light under a bushel, and, and he sounds as though he's got a, a, a good deal want, of confidence about him. I, I yeah. always think, uh, I, I mean, I always think, Ian, that the, the one thing there are a lot of things you can give a player. You can give a, a player a greater tactical appreciation. You can work on a player's timing. You can work on his tackling ability, his passing ability. The rest of it. There's one thing that is actually really pretty hard to improve dramatically, and that's pace. Mm-hmm. You can you can improve someone's pace. I mean, United over the years go you know, way back. United um, used to use a uh, uh, hoggy as a yeah, Stuart Hogg, you know? coach. Yeah. And I, I know that we Jim was, you know, uh, Stuart Stuart Hogg. I mean, and in fact, I think Stuart's still working with um, well in his seventies now, maybe even older, still working with Jimmy McInally and the Peter Head. He's boys. probably faster than me over a hundred meters, I would think. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I suspect so. <laughs> Listen, I suspect he's faster than me over hundred meters. After the lot, um, but no, I mean, you know, but <laughs> if if you've got pace to burn, it's one of the great things in the game that is so hard. It's so hard to 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 cop. We, we know it, you know. We've had that. We've had them up here. We've had speed merchants uh, in this city. Ralphie Mullen probably mm-hmm. yep. was the king of them all. I mean, you know, over that first three, four, five yards, you leave uh, you leave your opponent dead. Yeah, you leave them dead. Now, if you've got a player like that and you're playing him in the final third and he's got that pace to burn, you've got so many options. Just give him the ball, let him run, or give him the over the, the ball over the top and let him run, or the through ball to let him run. You've got so many options with a player that's got pace. 
go with that pace, obviously there has to be some degree of decent touch uh, and awareness. But if you can marry those, then pace, pace is an absolute killer in the game. Yeah, well, we'll be uh, building up to that United Saints match all uh, all next week uh, in the Courier and, and on this podcast as well. So we'll see how that goes. It'll be a fascinating fixture. And uh, as we say, f- fingers crossed everything's okay off the pitch. Um, one player who never never ended up at Saints, but ended up at Dens Park, is uh, Lee Ashcroft. Uh, Jim, that's a, that's a that's a really good signing for Dundee, isn't it? I know James McPake would be trying to get him for a, uh, some time, um, but that's a good one, isn't it? I, I thought it was a, t- a terrific signing. I mean, <clears throat> there's a there's a combination of things. I mean, one, he's 26, yeah, um, which is a good age, good bit of experience about him. A, a, a tough player, a hardy player, central defender, which I think Dundee uh, were needing. I mean, I, I mean, I saw him a lot. Um, I, I covered a, a fair a fair amount of Dunfermline, and I was always impressed um, w- w- when I saw Ashcroft. I always thought he was a really, really uh, good player, a strong player, a hardy player, a very committed player. Now, if you're a central defender, those are all of the qualities that you need. Mm-hmm. You can also use the ball well. So, um, to me, a time up on a two-year uh, contract, I think, is... Um, a very good bit of business by Dundee. Yeah, and I mean, uh, uh, you know, it's a signing that they needed. They lost Josh Josh Meekins um, before the contract negotiations, the pay cut negotiations, Jim. But Dundee will have to kind of play a clever game, won't they? With the way the way they approach this, I mean, that's just a, that's a nice steady signing for them, a good signing for them. But um, what do you make of the outcome of the of the the pay talks? I mean, the fans will be delighted, and are delighted that, that Kane Hemmings in, in particular has agreed to stay. So it's, it's a positive thing, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I, I, th- 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 there are two ways. I mean, I saw, you know, my fellow courier columnist, Rob Douglas, saying the other day that yeah. nobody wants to pay, take a pay cut. And that, 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 we know that. That's, That's absolutely right. And, yeah. and I take, you know, my, my view on this is quite simple. If players are asked to take a pay cut, They've got they they have the options because they've signed a legally binding contract. So I think it's only fair that you know you don't you don't lambast a player who says, well, look, I'm making who says, sorry, that's not in my best interest. So with good grace, I'm leaving. I think that's absolutely fair. And it's also absolutely fair for the club to say a Dundee, and we now see Aberdeen in the same boat again, yeah. uh, to say to the players, look, he, here's the realities. The financial realities are grim. This is a crisis. I mean, one or two people, um, one or two Dundee fans in my acquaintance that were having a wee pop the other week saying, you didn't need to use the word crisis in your column, but it is a crisis. When you're struggling financially, it's a crisis. And, and you know, and I wasn't singling Dundee out. There's Aberdeen in it now. Hibs have been there. Yeah. Hearts have been there. There are others yet to emerge, undoubtedly, depending on how this goes. So, you know... Um, I think the key thing is it, it, it can, as, as Big Rab was saying, I think it looks like the troops have rallied. That they're all in it together. And that'll be the situation at clubs like Dundee, Aberdeen, all over the place. What you have to watch, you have to watch that, that, that there isn't a, a feeling of um, ill will just kind of, you know, lingering about the dressing room where the guys have taken a pay cut. I think if everyone at the club mm-hmm. is suffering the pain, then that, that's fair enough. You know, and it depends whether it's cuts or deferrals or whatever, you know. Um, but I think it, it, it definitely indicates, I think, that there is a togetherness. Nobody wants to take the cuts, but, you know, these are absolutely unique circumstances in, in Scottish life, not just Scottish football, Scottish life. Uh, and clubs are, are, are hanging on by their fingernails, you know. So um, 
it, there's a lot on James McPake's shoulders here. There's a lot on John Nelm's shoulders and how you kind of, how you make sure that the, the spirit remains at the club. And it's not just them. This has happened. This will happen potentially at other clubs it already has happened at other clubs. Dave Cormack, the Aberdeen chairman has been on singing the praises of his players and his management and all the rest of it because they've had to take substantial cuts as well. So, uh, uh, and of course, in the meantime, you've got to marry that with the fact that you're asking players to take cuts, but you're bringing players in. Now, that's fair enough. I presume you're bringing players in uh, on similar type of wages yeah. to, to the guys yeah. that are there at the moment. That, that, so you, you need you need players, you know. Yeah, that, that's that's right. And, and you're right to say that, as was Rab, um, very eloquently, I thought, you're right to say that that the situation has to be managed, but I, th- I think I think in in, in McPeak, you've got a, a smart guy there who will be wary of all these things, and uh, he'll be he'll be making sure that that, that everyone's that everyone's proper as as it seems to be. And uh, as I say, it's been a good week. It's a good week for Dundee. They've got that resolved, and they've also got a, a, a great new signing. I think uh, having seen him at Dunfermline fairly regularly, um, I, I think he's a, a great signing in, in in Ashcroft. So. Good, good news for Dundee, and uh, hopefully as well, um, when they get started, we'll be closing it and fans back in the stadium, Jim. I mean, what did, what did you make of uh, what did you make of the uh, Christmas Scottish Cup final news that we're going to be facing a December twentieth final at Hamden? I mean. Are, are fans going to be in there, or are they not? I mean, what do I think? I, I have no idea. Well, I mean, I. Uh, you know, uh, again, goodness, we're giving them some mentions this morning. Big, bigger Rab Douglas. His, his mum used to always uh, like me on the radio because I always called him Robert, you know. So, no, but <laughs> Big Rab, I think, was right. I'd have waited till later in the year. Uh, well, not later in the year, I'd wait, wait till next year. You know, I mean, I just think it's very, very early on. I mean, imagine, you know, we've already talked earlier on about testing and all the rest of the potential problems. Imagine if we do get a second spike and you have a Scottish Cup final without, without fans. I mean, Ian, I'm probably like you. I mean, I, I've loved, I, I couldn't wait to start seeing football back on TV again. We've got the German game first and now we're getting the, the, the English Premiership games. I get my, my fix of a Turkish football midweek. Um, oh. You get Italian football and Portuguese football. It's great. It's fantastic. You sound like Jim McLean, Jim, watching all these Turkish games and games uh, well, in I, Greece. I, I, I'm a wee Eastern man. Europe. That's what, that's what we jump used to do. I used to watch every. Listen, I'm like, I mean, I'm watching something every night of the week. I, uh, my good lady and me sitting sit in different rooms. We're fortunate to have a weekend a wee sitting room. I just sit through there and watch watch everything. Uh, watch all the football. Um, but I have to say, it is not the same without fans. It's just not the same. And in fact, when I'm presented with the option to turn down the, the artificial sound, you know, with the wee guys sitting with the button pressing for goals or, or, or near things, I just turn it down and listen to the players. Um, you know that that option yeah. was available. I haven't, uh, you know, um, I don't know if it's available in Turkish football and all the rest of it. But I, I, I prefer actually just to hear the players. It's not the same with the fans. And if you're having a showpiece like a Scottish Cup final, you want the supports to be there. You want to give every chance for the fans to be there. That's right, Jim. That's a fine, fine phrase to finish on. Football is not the same without the fans, and we hope we get them back sooner rather than later. Okay, well, Jim, thanks very much. This has been Courier Talking Football. Thanks to everyone for listening. You'll hear from us again next week. Thank you. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget, too, to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. 
Local Matters.